0: I especially want to express our gratitude to Senator Mitch McConnell for all that he did to make this achievement possible.
1: Oh, I bet you do. Honor Among Thieves. Well, I don't know why I came here tonight. That's one reason. I got the feeling that something right. No, it ain't. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs to the left me, to the right here i am stuck in the middle with you yep. yes, I'm stuck in from pacifica radio you. in los angeles this is the broadcast as heard on kpfk 90.7 fm in la in oregon on 91.7 fm kyaq on the central coast 106.7 fm queso in cottage grove In Lancaster, Pennsylvania on 92.9 FM WLRI, in Maui, Hawaii on 88.5 FM KAKU, in Columbus, Ohio on 94.1 FM WGRN, in Palinville, New York on WLPP's 102.9 FM, in Grand Rapids, Michigan on WPRR, and in Minneapolis, St. Paul on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. We're also heard streaming coast-to-coast and around the globe on the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, GDPR, Revolution 99, Detour Talk, Radio Monterey, and Radio Sputnik. Blanketing Planet Earth five days a week, I'm Brad Friedman. Your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, all-around swell fellow says me from bradblog.com. Thank you for joining us today for another boy-oh-boy thrilling action-packed adventure that we call The Bradcast on an incredibly busy news day. Um, With a big guest coming up that I'm uh, very much looking forward to with all of these special U.S. House elections now in front of us over the next several weeks. We'll get to that momentarily. In the meantime, we have another school shooting today. This one out here in San Bernardino, California today. Uh, where um, in the same town where two gunmen opened fire at an office Christmas party back in uh, December of 2014, killing 14 people and seriously wounding 22 others in that shooting. Today's shooting appears to have been a murder-suicide with two adults, including the, uh, the shooter, now dead. Two students were transported to the hospital, said to be in critical condition as we go to air today. Word of that uh, new San Bernardino shooting comes today on the same day as the shooter in the June 2015 South Carolina church uh, massacre at the Emanuel AME Baptist Church on the same day that that shooter was sentenced by a state judge to nine life sentences for nine counts of murder, which he pled guilty to. Earlier this year, the unapologetic 23-year-old shooter was already sentenced to death in federal court where the self-avowed white supremacist was charged with 33 federal crimes after the mass shooting at a Bible study class at the historically black church in Charleston, South Carolina. And yet, with all of that and thousands of other shootings that have occurred since, Congress has still failed to change U.S. gun laws in any way other than to make it easier, yes, easier for those with mental illness to obtain deadly firearms thanks to a bill passed by Republicans in the the U.S. House and Senate earlier this year and quickly signed by President Donald Trump at the time. So apparently that's the Republican response to these shootings, make it easier to get guns even for those who are mentally ill. Um, uh, Speaking of which, uh, speaking of Donald Trump and the Republicans, not necessarily mentally ill, but you can fill in your own blanks here. Uh, Speaking of which, uh, today a five to four Republican majority was restored on the U.S. Supreme Court. It is official now that uh, Republican majority has been restored after the uh, seat of the late Antonin Scalia was stolen last year by Majority Leader Mitch McConnell in an unprecedented coup of the high court here in these United States during a swearing in ceremony in the White House. Rose Garden, President Donald Trump thanked Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell on Monday for all that he did to make possible the confirmation of Judge Neil Gorsuch to the Supreme Court.
0: And although he could not be here today, I especially want to express our gratitude to Senator Mitch McConnell for all that he did to make this achievement possible. Mm -hmm. So thank you, Mitch.
1: Yeah, you bet. Thank you, Mitch. Uh, Indeed, McConnell did a great deal to make that achievement possible. Um, About an hour after Justice Antonin Scalia's death was confirmed back in February of 2016, 14 months ago. Back then, McConnell announced that he would oppose any effort from the Obama administration. To fill Scalia's seat, Uh, he said the American people should have a voice in the selection of their next Supreme Court justice. Therefore, this vacancy should not be filled until we have a new president. Well, we do have a new president and the American people by some three million votes voted to elect uh, the new president's opponent, Hillary Clinton, and in the U.S. Senate. Those uh, Republicans who uh, confirmed this stolen seat for uh, for Neil Gorsuch uh, represent a minority of American voters. That's how askew American democracy is right now. Um, in any event, uh, the uh, McConnell had to actually change, blow up the Senate's Supreme Court filibuster rules last week. Uh, after a uh, largely party-line vote found uh, Democrats filibustering to prevent the uh, confirmation of Gorsuch. But McConnell had no problem changing those rules as well, got rid of the filibuster. And so on Friday, Gorsuch was confirmed by a vote of 54 to 45 in the U.S. Senate, one of the thinnest margins in recent decades, put an asterisk by Justice Neil Gorsuch and uh, any five to four rulings you uh, you hear about from the U.S. Supreme Court over the next, oh, I don't know, 10, 20, 30, 40 years. So um, that's where we are on Friday. McConnell uh, wrote in The Washington Post, which allowed him to write this somehow, that uh, Senate Republicans, quote, have never employed a partisan filibuster to hold up a Supreme Court nomination. Of course, he made no mention of Senate Republicans waiting for uh, blocking the nomination of Barack Obama's nominee for some 14 months. That has never been done, blocking uh, Obama's nominee, Merrick Garland, to fill Scalia's empty seat and effectively stealing the highest court in the land for Republicans for the next, I don't know, 10, 20, 30, 40 years. Uh, At the same time, uh, over the weekend, uh, we learned that uh, Syrian jets, Syrian warplanes, took off from the very same airbase, which was hit by U.S. cruise missiles on Friday. And uh, those planes carried out airstrikes on rebel-held areas in eastern Homs or Homs in the countryside. According to the Syrian Observatory for Human Rights, as reported by Reuters, the U.S. Navy had fired dozens of missiles at the airbase near home city in response to a chemical attack this week, which Washington and its allies uh, blamed on the uh, government in Damascus. The British-based observatory, which is a group monitoring the Syrian war using sources on the ground, said eight people had been killed in the U.S. attack on that airbase, which apparently did not take out the air base after all. Uh, At the same time, a U.S. Navy strike group is reported to be moving toward the western Pacific Ocean near the Korean Peninsula as a show of force. That, according to a U.S. official to Reuters over the weekend, as concerns grow about North Korea's advancing weapons program, the strike group is called the, uh, the Carl Vinson, It includes an aircraft carrier It will make its way from Singapore toward the Korean Peninsula. In a statement late Saturday, the U.S. Navy's 3rd Fleet said the strike group had been directed to sail north, but it did not specify the destination. The military vessels will operate in the western Pacific rather than making previously planned port visits to Australia. uh, This year, North Korean officials, including leader Kim Jong-un, have repeatedly indicated an Intercontinental ballistic missile test or something similar could be coming, possibly as soon as April 15. That's the end of the week here. That's the hundred and fifth birthday of North Korea's founding president and celebrated uh, annually as the Day of the Sun. Donald Trump has vowed that North Korea will not be successful in their attempts at developing intercontinental missiles. Secretary of State Rex Tillerson has said all options are on the table and in a cryptic statement from the uh, from the State Department said that, uh, quote, the time for talk is over. So we could be heading into a uh, nuclear confrontation there. North Korea has in the meantime vowed to bolster its defenses to protect itself against airstrikes like the one Trump ordered against an airbase in uh, that airbase in Syria last week calling the airstrikes, quote, absolutely unpardonable and said that those strikes prove that its nuclear weapons are justified to protect the country against Washington's ever more reckless moves for a war. According to a foreign ministry spokesman uh, on Sunday uh, in North Korea, the airstrikes uh, announced shortly after Trump and President Xi Jinping wrapped up Dinner At a two-day summit in Florida last week were uh, were said to be in retaliation, of course, for uh, what is uh, thought to be Assad's chemical weapons attack against civilians caught up in the country's long civil war. North Korea has long claimed that the U.S. is preparing to conduct similar precision strikes against its territory or even launch an all-out invasion. He claims his nuclear weapons are necessary to stop the U.S. military threat, which the U.S. now uh, seems to be uh, pressing on and continuing uh, in uh, what may be, uh, well, what was certainly being seen as a provocation by North Korea. I hope we'll have more on that uh, on that tomorrow. Uh, and in related news, yes, related news. <laughs> Uh, Donald Trump uh, met with right wing billionaire kingmaker David Koch and his brother William on Saturday at Trump's Mar-a-Lago resort while they dined with Newsmax CEO and Trump ally Christopher Ruddy. Politico first reported the meeting describing an agreeable discussion between uh, Trump and the Kochs. That, according to three unnamed sources with knowledge of the confirma- uh, of the conversation, and uh, and they uh, and and this was then confirmed with a spokesperson for Koch Industries. Charles and David Koch fund a plethora of so-called conservative and libertarian political action committees and think tanks. William Koch, the third brother. Uh, himself supported Trump financially, but he's not involved in the Two Brothers political organizations. Koch funded and affiliated groups, uh, groups supported Trump publicly during the presidential campaign in television appearances. And several members of uh, Trump's transition team and administration have connections to the Kochs. William Koch is a -a Mar-a-Lago club member. So why is that related to all of the other stuff? Well, amidst all of the disturbing events that are now going on with this uh, Trump presidency, all the saber-rattling, all the war-making, it seems uh, whenever I speak to anybody on this show or off-air about what the hell can be done about this entire fine mess right now, there are a number of answers, but the one that comes up every single time? Voting. Vote in elections. Vote in all of the elections, even the midterm elections and off year elections. And yes, even in special elections, several of which are happening on the over the next several weeks and months. And ultimately, that is the way voting. That's the way that we will most likely overcome this disturbing moment in American history, no matter how no matter how difficult. Uh, Many Republicans are hoping to make it to vote for some people, for certain voters, no matter how gerrymandered unlawfully or otherwise, unconstitutionally or otherwise our congressional uh, and local legislative districts have become. No matter how difficult Republican and Democratic officials have made it to oversee the accuracy of computer reported election results, no matter all of that, our best Most direct way out of this mess is still through small D Democratic action at the polling place. And as it turns out, it's the Koch brothers' very own Kansas district where Koch Industries is located that is facing the first special U.S. House election in the Trump era on Tuesday, And there are a number of other uh, similar House elections in upcoming weeks in which Democrats are reported to be both energized on the ground and facing some tough but real chances to upset Republican candidates in districts uh, seen otherwise to be deeply Republican. We'll take a look at the chances for progressives and Democrats in four upcoming special U.S. House elections with the great Howie Klein of down with tyranny. That's next on the broadcast. I'm Brad Friedman. Don't go away. <laughs> Welcome back to the broadcast. Yes, the House may be rocking at least special elections for the U.S. House. Welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. Last week, we spoke with computer science and e-voting systems expert Barbara Simons about the reported massive data breach that was discovered early last month at Kennesaw State University's Center for Elections. The, uh, the center programs all of Georgia's 100 percent unverifiable touchscreen voting systems that were first installed way back in 2002 in, uh, in Georgia and quickly demonstrated to be hackable with little possibility of detection uh, time and again over the years. Uh, but they are still nonetheless used for every election across the state of Georgia. Kennesaw State University also programs the electronic poll books used to check in voters in the state and uh, and the hack at Kennesaw last month, uh, which the FBI is uh, was called in to investigate, was said to have compromised the voting records of as many as seven and a half million voters. Nonetheless, Georgia's far right secretary of state Brian Kemp says there's nothing to worry about. They got this under control. The voting and e-poll book systems will be fine during the special election coming up next Tuesday in the state's 6th Congressional District to fill the U.S. House seat vacated by Republican Congressman Tom Price, who is now Donald Trump's Secretary of Health and Human Services. But of course given the 100% unverifiable touchscreen systems that the state shamefully still forces voters to use at the polls there will be no way to know who actually won or lost that special election coming up in 1 week's time that election is important for a number of reasons among them because it features 18 candidates in a uh, in a what's called a jungle primary Uh, in which if nobody receives more than 50 percent of the vote, the top two candidates, the top two vote getters, will then go to a runoff in June. Right now, 30-year-old Democrat John Ossoff is far ahead of the pack in this uh, 18-candidate race because Republicans are split over about 13 different candidates in the usually deep red congressional district Uh, Previously held by Tom Price for about 10 years and prior to that by Newt Gingrich for uh, 10 straight elections over 20 years, a very Republican district normally. More on that election in a moment. But last week there was a special election uh, uh, primary race for U.S. House out here in Los Angeles on Tuesday. Um, of this week, there are uh, there. There's another race coming up in Kansas. We've got a number of other special U.S. House elections coming up in a number of states uh, to fill seats vacated by the Trump administration appointees. In Kansas, in Georgia, in Montana, and uh, and Democrats and Republicans alike are all watching all of these races as potential bellwethers. For the 2018 elections next year, when the entire US House and one third of the US Senate will be up for re election for the first time in the Trump era. So while last week we discussed the mechanics and the concerns from election integrity uh, experts and and that point of view about the hacked and unverifiable race in, in Georgia, we didn't get much into the politics of it or for the races coming up now in Kansas or Montana in the next few weeks. Here to discuss all of that is our old friend Howie Klein of Down With Tyranny, a man who covers progressive politics and U.S. House races closer than any man Frankly, should ever have to. Uh, he is the founder of DownWithTyranny.com, the co founder of the Blue America Pack, which is dedicated to electing progressives, not Democrats, but progressives to office. Uh, welcome back to the uh, broadcast, Howie.
0: Thanks, Brad. It's been a long time.
1: It has been a long time. There has been uh, too much going on, really, to, fo- to to focus on electoral politics a lot on this show, much less progressive electoral politics of late. So hoping we can catch up here with a whole lot quickly today with all four of these upcoming special elections for U.S. House. Uh, and if we have time, if we're lucky, what it all may mean for the 2018 elections as well. So let's start, Howie, here in California. This may be Maybe the easy one, I don't know. Last Tuesday was primary day in uh, California's 34th Congressional District. It That's here in Los Angeles. This is to fill the seat vacated by... Uh, Democratic Congressman Javier Becerra, he is uh, now the California Attorney General, uh, named to that post by Governor Jerry Brown after um, the uh, previous AG, Kamala Harris, was elected to the U.S. Senate last November. There were some 24 people running in that top two primary Uh, in what was historically, a or is historically, a very Democratic congressional district here in L.A. So uh, due to the way California elections now work, Howie, the top two vote-getters in that primary, regardless of party, go on to compete now head-to-head in the final round of the special election in uh, in early June. So what happened last week in that primary, Howie? And uh, as it's such a blue district... Is there at least some good news for progressives, never mind the Democratic Party itself, in uh, in the results of that contest from last week?
0: Absolutely. So first of all, let me say that the, the California election that you just described, where it's the top two, mm-hmm. uh, is the same thing that's happening in Georgia, six a week from uh, tomorrow. So again, even if, if two Republicans or two Democrats are the top two uh, people in, 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 in that race, they would be facing off. So the Republican in... in the thirty fourth district the district in Los Angeles mm-hmm. that you were just describing, uh, there was a Republican, but there were virtually no Republicans in the district. I mean Trump got ten point i think ten point five or ten point six percent of the vote mm-hmm. to uh, i think a nine percent of the registered voters are republicans so we 're talking about not just a blue democratic district, which of course it is in a very big way, what we 're talking about. Arguably the most progressive district in Los Angeles. So why would I say that? Only one destri- district in the whole city of Los Angeles, one congressional district, went for Bernie Sanders in the primary, and that was the 34th. <laughs> so this was very much a progressive district. The person who won um, is, is the assemblyman from most of the district, and and he's someone who I've known for many many years. Um, and his name is, is Jimmy Gomez. So Jimmy is is in the assembly right now. As soon as I got wind of the fact that um the sarah might get uh, appointed to the Attorney General job, I immediately got on Twitter and said, "Oh, Jimmy Gomez has got to run for this seat." And I got pushed back in what in in, in minutes from the uh, the speaker of the assembly's office saying, "Shut up. We need him in Sacramento. Please stop right now." And, and that's because he, Jimmy is a unique guy. There aren't that many people in state legislatures who do the kinds of things that Jimmy has been doing. So this isn't just some, you know, Democratic hack politician. There are so many of them uh, in, of course, the country and, of course, this state. Jimmy is a guy who who looked at stuff from the perspective of... That he came from working a working family and tried to figure stuff out from that perspective. So, if you want, I can give you an example, which is paid family leave. He looked at that and it wasn't working. The only women who were using paid family leave were people were women who were making over a hundred thousand dollars a year because the formula only worked for them. The formula didn't work for, for women on minimum wage or, or or women who weren't making big salaries. So Jimmy literally rewrote the law put together a coalition across party lines for people to say let's we have this minimum we have this uh paid family leave ability isn't working except for wealthy women let's make it work for working working families and and he did it and it took it, it took him a couple of sessions to to get it passed the legislature but he did it and that's the kind of leader that progressive should be excited about. Not just someone who sits back and votes right. He'll do that. He'll vote right. But almost any of the Democrats who ran, or not all of them, but almost any of them would vote right. And and and, and when I say almost any, that's that's come to his opponent. So the top two, Jimmy mm-hmm. won by far. He was about, I don't know, eight or nine points ahead of his, the the runner up. The runner up is, is named uh, Robert Lee On. And Robert Lee Just uh, AHN just ran a race based on his uh, Korean ethnicity. He literally, his whole race was uh, in Koreatown, which is part of this district, and he got a very, very big turnout and wound up coming in second. The problem with uh, Mr. Ahn is that he's a Republican. And in a district like this, you can't really have a career if you're a Republican. It's a Democratic seat by far. They're never going to vote for a Republican. So he's a very, very wealthy. Uh, conservative Republican, he changed his uh, um, uh, registration when he realized he wanted to be involved with politics. And a couple of years ago, uh, he was a newly minted um, Democrat, but he's not really a Democrat. But he did and he
1: did run Howie. Just to be clear, he did run as a Democrat on the ballot. Was a D right? next to his
0: name as yep. a Democrat, yes. But and what I want to emphasize is a story that I put up on my blog um, at the end late last night, early this morning which which is a letter that he sent to the Republicans in his district. So he sent the letter uh, It's on his, you know, on the bottom it says, who, who sent the letter, it says paid for by uh, the On for Congress Committee. So it's an official letter from his campaign. And it was from the, a friend of his, a very close friend of his, who is the former head of the Republican Party of California, a guy named Sean Steele. So Sean Steele is a right-wing lunatic who used to be the head of the Republican Party of California. He sent a letter saying, and it only went to Republicans. So it went to all the Republican households in the mm. district and the registered voters, and it said, if you don't vote for Robert, you're going to get a left a left-wing extremist. As your congressperson, this is how he's describing one of the most accomplished and admired members of the assembly, and 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 and, you know it's fine for Sean Steele to put out that kind of nonsense. That's Mm -hmm. what you would expect from someone like him. This was sent out, paid for by Ann's campaign. So yes, to answer your question, Brad, you said he ran as a Democrat. Well, yeah, he had a D next to his name. Yes. But is he a Democrat? No way. There's no way that he's a Democrat. None. Zero. He, there are a number of people like this in Congress now. Some of them have been there for a while. Some of them just got in. For example, Charlie Crist mm-hmm. from Florida yeah. just got into Congress. Um, Tom O'Halloran from Arizona just got into Congress. Both of those people have long, lifelong, in fact, uh, uh, resumes as Republicans. They, they served as re- elected Republicans in their states. And when it was convenient for them to switch parties, they switch parties, and they say, hey, I'm a Democrat now. Mm-hmm. But now they're in Congress. Are they a Democrat? No, they're voting with the Republicans. That's, that's not a Democrat. Now they have a D next to their name. But, I mean, O'Halloran, for example, I, the last time I looked, he was about... He was voting with the Republicans about on, on crucial matters, on mm-hmm. crucial issues. He was voting with the Republicans about 70 some odd percent of the time. And with Democrats, not quite 30 percent of the time.
1: Well, l- let me ask you this, Howie, because I've got a lot of races I want to get through here. And then I want to ask you about the larger picture when it comes to uh, exactly what you're talking about. People who are Democrats who are running, uh, you know, well, candidates who are running for office with a D next to their name, but they may or may not be uh... as as democratic much less as progressives uh, as progressive as uh, progressives might like, so let me uh, move on for the moment. Then that that race will be in uh, in June between Jimmy Gomez, Democrat and progressive as Howie Klein sees him, and Robert Ahn, also a Democrat but really a Republican as uh, Howie Klein sees him. By the way, there was uh, I mentioned about uh, twenty three other uh, folks who ran. Uh, it was uh, let's see in in all Dems at the top of the. Uh, The results list except for slot number seven, which was the green candidate. And then finally, number nine, uh, the the only guy on the list who actually was, uh, you know, who actually ran with as as GOP as a Republican in this race. He came in number nine just to give you an idea of how blue that district is but let me uh, let's move on to uh, a district that is not quite so blue at all in fact it's very red um, and uh, these are three special elections coming up to replace Republican appointees of Donald Trump first up Tuesday the 11th of February, February uh, I'm sorry what month is this April uh, we, we have a, a special US House election in Kansas's fourth congressional district this is to replace Republican Congressman Mike Pompeo he is now serving as Trump's CIA director. Uh, Howie uh, Klein, this has been a very heavily Republican district since the mid-90s. It's lar- right, it's
0: based in Wichita.
1: Yeah, in Wichita, uh, Sedgwick County, it's largely expected to stay that way, but Republicans are apparently uh, reportedly concerned enough that they're pouring a bunch of money now into the race. Ryan Grimm over at HuffPost says uh, Pompeo won his seat last November by some 30 points. Several of the counties in this 4th district uh, saw Hillary Clinton receiving less than 15% of the vote, and yet Republicans... Uh, are throwing in a ton of last-minute money. Uh, they brought in Mike Pence, Ted Cruz, Paul Ryan to stop the uh, to try and stop the bleeding. It was reported over the weekend um, by uh, uh, progressive group uh, Democracy for America that one uh, one local Republican consultant told Politico, "quote Kansas should not be in play, but Kansas is in play." It also shouldn't be in play, by the way, Howie, because this is uh, the fourth congressional district is where Coke Industries is located. So it doesn't seem like it should be in play at all for Democrats. Uh, And yet, uh, well, Howie Klein, is Kansas, the fourth district, really in play for uh, Democratic candidate James Thompson against uh, Republican candidate Ron Estes?
0: Well, last week I would have said no, that it's not in play. Now, I'll acknowledge that, okay, it's in play. But that doesn't mean the Democrat is going to win. It's a really, really, really tough district for him. Uh, it, 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 he, he's doing better than anyone expected him to do. The, the C, the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee, which is in charge of trying to elect Democrats to the House, they... Um, they don't. They didn't expect anything. They're not really helping him or get, or getting on board. Mm-hmm. Of course, they're sometimes a little bit uh, lame, so they don't know. So the the thing is, is that you know theoretically this guy should have no chance. This guy uh, James Thompson should have no chance. But this was not. A, a a trump district in in the primary you noticed when you was talking about who who the republicans sent into the district yeah. they didn't actually send uh ryan who's hated or 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 pence they just, pence they a robocall right. for every republican household in the district ryan is uh is uh, laying low he's just sending money he's got a super pack um, a, a leadership pack in in congress They're spending quite a bit of money there not the millions of dollars they're spending in Georgia, but they're spending real money. So there are, there are TV ads up now attacking uh, Thompson. But the person who's ne- nowhere to be seen is, is Donald Trump. When it came to the primary, Trump didn't win the primary there, nor did he win the primary in Georgia 6. In, in Kansas, it was Ted Cruz who won the primary. So when you mentioned mm-hmm. that Ted Cruz was in the district yeah. campaigning, people might have scratched their heads and said, what the hell is a Texas senator doing campaigning in a Kansas House race? Mm-hmm. But. They sent him there because they hoped that he could inspire some Republicans to get out and vote because Republicans are not happy with Trump either. I mean, some are of course, there are some, but but that's what's making the, all of these seats viable. These are dark, deep red districts, mm-hmm. and normally there would be no Democrats at any chance, but because of Trump' policies, because of that crackpot health care bill at trump care, whatever it was, because of that. Republicans are discouraged and think I'm not even going to go vote, or other Republicans are thinking, you know what, I'm going to vote for this Democrat. Now, Bernie won this district, Bernie Sanders in the mm-hmm. primary, and Bernie has endorsed Thompson. Thompson has been very, very vocal about having been endorsed by Bernie, and what they're hoping, you know, they're never going to be able to match Republican numbers in a district like Kansas's fourth district. That's not going to happen. But what they can do. Is match the enthusiasm, with Republicans disheartened and thinking, eh, maybe we shouldn't even bother, and others willing to say, hey, you know, this Democrat's a veteran, he sounds like a good guy, you know, let's give him a chance. Uh, anything can happen. I, I I I I wouldn't bet on this one, mm-hmm. but but it, but it's it's a it's a long shot. I I personally don't like. Um, donating to people who I think have no chance. Mm-hmm. But I did donate to, to Thompson personally, gave him some money in, in the hopes that it, that, that it can help him.
1: And, well, what would it take? And I, 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 my understanding okay. is that neither the DNC nor the DCCC... C the, uh, well, the Demo- State
0: Democratic Party of Kansas.
1: Nor the state Democratic Party are actually spending money in this race. is is, is that true? How can yes. that be? And uh, I guess uh, I presume they're they're presuming that Thompson is going to lose, but doesn't the amount by which he loses if he, in fact, does lose. Uh, w- w- won't that have a, a, a follow-on effect for these other races in Georgia and Montana, we'll talk about in a minute, not to mention the 2018 election? I mean, J- Trump won this uh, this district, I think, by something like 20 or 30 points, yeah, nearly 30 points last November. But if he, uh, you know, if, if the Republican is only able to pull this off by, let's say, five points, that seems like that would be a big deal for Democrats how can it be that they are not supporting this guy uh, in in Kansas's fourth dis- district?
0: Right. Well, what you just said makes sense to someone, um, you know, with a maybe three digit IQ. But uh, <laughs> a lot of people, Brad, you know, what you just said just sounds like a bunch of malarkey. You know, it, it makes complete sense to someone like you or me. It makes complete sense, probably, to people who bother to listen to you on the on the radio. But. You know, when you get into these uh Republican rural districts and they hear something like that, they just scratch their head and say, "What the hell is this guy talking about? There's one guy who won, there's one guy who lost, and that's all there is to it but of course, if Trump won by thirty points and uh and, and the Democrat even gets close, it's a big deal, and racial Matter will make a big deal about it on her show mm-hmm. but it, it's not—the it, 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 DCCC has made a decision that it's not worth them spending money that they need on it. They don't believe in this race. They don't believe in the district. They don't believe in the candidate. They had a conservative candidate that they wanted to see win, and uh, Thompson was the insurgent, and he beat the conservative. And as soon as that happened, the DCCC got angry. The DNC— doesn't normally spend money in congressional races anyway. They they do. They only spend money on presidential races and in party building. What, so what about to say the, that they're not spending money? Eh, that's that's how it goes. They don't normally do that anyway. Well, but, but what about Howie? What about that fifty okay. state?
1: Well, let me ask you, Howie. What about that fifty state strategy that uh, you know the, all the Democrats started talking about?
0: Sixty-five district strategy. They they, they, they the, the DNC. Does presidential races the the uh, the D Triple C does congressional races and the DSCC does Senate races and normally they don't interfere with each other uh, and they don't poach on each other's territory so it's not that weird that they're not helping in Kansas um, you know they could have done some party building. Like they're doing in in Georgia, but but they they chose not to. Well. I would like to see them do it. They're not doing it. The the, the culprit here is the D Triple C and the Kansas Democratic Party. The Kansas Democratic Party should be ashamed of themselves. They haven't had a candidate this strong uh, running for that seat ever. And they haven't had an opportunity like this uh, as long as I can remember. So they, they should be all over it, and they're not.
1: Let me take a quick break here and come back with Howie Klein to speak about uh, what other Democratic parties uh, around the country should also be ashamed of themselves. Uh, we'll get to uh, Georgia and Montana and look at the big picture here momentarily with my guest, Howie Klein of DownWithTyranny.com. I'm Brad Friedman. This is the Bradcast. Don't go away. <laughs> Making sense of it all, or at least trying to. That's Bradblog.com/slash donate and thanks. All right, welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from Bradblog.com, speaking with Howie Klein, uh, the great progressive from the uh, from the great downwithtyranny.com. dot com. Um, Howie, I want to. We're talking about these special elections to replace Donald Trump appointees uh, for the U.S. House. Uh, the big one that seems to be getting a lot of attention from both Democrats and progressives uh, is Georgia Sixth. I mentioned it at the top of the uh, the last uh, last segment. They use 100 percent unverifiable touchscreen voting systems there. There is concern because there was uh, apparently a major hack of the, uh, the voter database about a month or so ago. But the Republican secretary of state tells us all is fine. Uh, and as we move forward.
0: Even worse than that. Yeah. I mean, the, the Republican secretary of state, when the Democratic Party of Georgia uh, said to him, well, you know, considering that there was this hack why don't we just do paper ballots, Yeah, he immediately said, the Democrats are trying to steal the election, the Democrats are trying to steal the election, and and refuse to allow for paper ballots. So people can draw whatever conclusion they want from that.
1: Yeah, I know, and unfortunately they won't be able to draw a conclusion as to actually who won or lost because it's 100% impossible to oversee whatever results... They tell us, Brian Kemp, the uh, Secretary of State, whatever they tell us the results are, those are going to be the results. But nonetheless... And he's uh, running for governor. uh, and Okay, on the same machines. Uh, That said, uh, a lot of uh, progressives are watching this on a political level. They're watching this because of a real possibility, I think, of a takeover. Uh, in the uh, 6th District, this is long a long-held Republican seat. Uh, Trump's new Health and Human Ser- Services Secretary, Tom Price, held it for 10 years. Newt Gingrich held it for about 20 years. This race is going to feature some 18 candidates. It is next Tuesday, April eighteen. Uh, if one of them, and this is a little bit different, Howie, than what you had mentioned, the uh, the Los Angeles uh, uh, primary we talked about in the previous segment, it's a little bit different in that, as I understand it, if any of these candidates actually gets more than 50 percent of the vote, that's it. They win Manila. the U.S. House seat outright uh, same in Manila. this district. What's that?
0: That's the same in L.A.
1: Really? H- had any one of those candidates got more over 50 percent, that would have been that?
0: 50% plus one vote, and you're in.
1: I did not realize that that was the case. Okay, well, it's definitely the case in Georgia, and the reason it's most important here is because uh, you've got this Democratic candidate, John Ossoff, uh, 30-year-old, sort of came out of nowhere. He's Apparently, he's polling at uh, 43% last I saw. Um, it, and and re- yeah. remember,
0: that's 43% in a, in a field of 18. Just think about that.
1: Well, yeah, no, that's a lot. The Democrats have obviously come around this uh, this one there candidate. There were three
0: Democrats in that race.
1: Really, and yet they've all gone for Ossoff. On the other hand, uh, it's a Republican district. You got a lot of lot of Republicans running. Uh, they argue that the reason they're not doing so well against Ossoff is because they're split across a a, a, a wide field. So, what are the chances here that a Democrat could actually win this thing outright uh, in the in the first round of voting next Tuesday in Georgia in this very very red district?
0: Very, very, very tough to win it outright, 50%. 50%. Uh, Ossoff will come in first by far, so we know that Mm -hmm. from the polling. And the polling has been consistent. There have been five or six polls, most of them Republican polls, and they're all showing the same thing, Ossoff at over 40%. And uh, Karen Handel, the former Secretary of State, a right-wing nut who's best known for being anti-choice she is coming in, usually coming in second at about something between 15 and 20 percent so he's doing better than double her everywhere and the thing is she's so toxic to so many people that there are republicans who will never vote for her so if she's their nominee which looks likely there are going to be other republicans who just decide to sit out the race so Osov wants to win a week from tomorrow obviously mm-hmm but that's that's really 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 a hard a hard one I I, I wouldn't bet on that but it, it I mean it could happen but it, it's unlikely
1: and if he doesn't what By are the way, chances he didn't come out
0: of nowhere yeah. he was a staffer for two Democratic congressmen in his young life. One, uh, of course, John Lewis, mm-hmm. who brought him to the attention of the public. I mean, everybody mm-hmm. heard of John Ossoff because of, of John Lewis. Mm-hmm. And he also, uh, he also worked, oh, what's, oh, now I can't remember the other guy's name. He also worked for another Democratic mm-hmm. congressman from Georgia. Uh, and he's a filmmaker. He's a trained uh, economist. He got a, his master's at the London School of Economics and he's, he's not just a nobody. This guy is, 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 a, is a young, energetic guy with some great ideas. Now, for, you know, for people who want only Bernie Sanders and only Elizabeth Warren or Alan Grayson, and everyone has to be that progressive, he's not that. He's a progressive. I spent a couple hours on the phone with him going over uh, in great detail uh, his policy issues. Mm-hmm. He's definitely a progressive. He's not going to be, uh, you know, Bernie Sanders, I can tell you. He'll be good. And for Georgia, he'll be amazing. Will he be the best congressman from Georgia? I think so.
1: But the Republicans will say, you know, the reason Ossoff is doing so well, and by the way, I love, uh, somebody had used the uh, the phrase, vote your Ossoff yes. uh, in support of him, which I love. Uh, but the Republicans will say, well, you know, our support is split once we actually have our candidate, uh, once we have the top two in the first round, that Republicans will, will come home. And uh, John Ossoff does not stand a chance in really? this Republican district. Why-
0: Paul Ryan spent almost $4 million already in a race where they don't even have a Republican candidate? Is that the reason why he's running negative ads every time you turn on TV? In Georgia 6, you get a negative ad about John Ossoff? (laughs) I mean, I don't know if you've seen these ads. They're, They're insane. In fact, the ads drove his numbers up, literally. They have ads... From when the, ad, was, the
1: ads uh, against John Ossoff end up driving yeah, his anti-John numbers?
0: Anti-John Ossoff right. ads that are so insane. They show him in a, in a college play. So this is when the kid was in college. Right. play When he played Han Solo. And they're making fun of him for playing a Han Solo in a play, and that's their ad. And, it, the, the, and they did it twice, two different ads based on that. And it literally drove his numbers up. People in in the district were sickened by those stupid, idiotic ads of Paul oh, Ryan. I, 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 you know, your theory is is not untrue. I mean, it, it's right. The, the, the Republicans are very very split. But if the Republican Party felt like oh yeah don't worry as soon as we, we we unify behind our candidate we'll be fine they wouldn't have put over three nearly four million dollars into a primary where they don't have a candidate yet just in negative ads against ossoff
1: yeah and another reason for republicans to be concerned tom price uh who, who the congressman who won the district uh, by 20 points last november and is and is now for uh, the, the health secretary uh, he won by huge points, but Trump barely took this uh, this district, which is uh, sort of the Atlanta suburbs uh, in Georgia. He, right. he barely there three took
0: counties. It. it. It's Fulton, yeah. Cobb, and DeKalb County. It's parts of all three of them. It,
1: and Trump in, only in took it primary, by. A, yeah.
0: Uh, Trump won every county in Georgia except for those three counties. Those three counties went for Rubio. So every single county in Georgia except those three went for Trump, and then Rubio won those three. The, the Republicans in this district—they're—they're they're educated, uh, well off, and they know that Donald Trump is a phony and a liar and an, and an embarrassment, and they don't find it humorous. They don't like him.
1: They only voted for him they by just over. Too, by the
0: way, he's an old friend of his uh, named Bruce Lavelle, who's running on only one issue. I'm I'm uh, President Trump's friend and he is, he's very close, very, very close. He was in charge of, uh, mm-hmm. you know, minority outreach for the Trump campaign or something. And uh, he, he, he's yet to crack 1%.
1: And uh, yeah, I was going to say because Trump only took the the district by uh, just over a point, so this
0: really against could Hillary Clinton against the person yeah. who they have demonized as the enemy of enemies. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, let me uh, let me move to uh, we're short on time here. Uh, so let me move to Montana. This doesn't come up. This race doesn't come up again. Uh, come come up, I think, until late May, uh, May twenty five, if my uh, stats are right here. Uh, this is a replace to uh, a race to replace. Congressman Ryan Zinke. He's now Trump's Interior Department secretary. Uh, Rob Quist, a populist Democrat, is being described as a populist Democrat. Uh, Is this race in Montana? It's the at-large district. They only have one congressman across the entire state. Uh, Is this uh, race as competitive as the republican at least the republican uh, the chair of the republican party uh, the state republican party seems to be regarding it do democrats really have a chance to win a house seat the house seat in the uh, in the state of montana next absolutely.
0: month absolutely this is not a, a, you know, the other, uh, you know, we were just talking about Atlanta. That's a state that Democrats, um, not a state, that's a, uh, that's a district that Democrats never win. They, they, you know, there's no Democrat that, that you could name whoever was the congressman from there, there in, in many, 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 many decades. That's not the same thing in Montana. Montana elects Democrats. I mean, last November, when Trump was winning the state and he won it substantially, the guy who's running for the Republicans now G Gio Forte, I think is how you pronounce his name, he was running for the he was running for the Senate. So that is I'm sorry, he was running for the governor. So in in other words, a statewide election, Mm -hmm. just like this house house seat is a statewide election. An at large district means everyone in the state gets to vote, whether it's for governor, for the House member or for senator. And the guy who's running now lost. So So the people went into the ballot uh into the ballot booth. Mm-hmm. They voted, first of all, first and foremost, for medical marijuana. That, that, got, that got the most votes. Then they voted for Trump. Then they voted for a Democrat for governor. And, you know, you got to ask yourself is it possible? Sure, it's possible. They're, they recently elected a, a Democrat for the, for the U.S. Senate, John Tester. He, he, uh, he ran, you know, the same, the same voter pool. And, and yet, a, and a yet, how? How you got a Republican incumbent? I should have said. And
1: and, and yet, uh, how? Uh, and I've only got uh, time for this one more question here. Uh, the Huffington Post: The headline on the Montana special election is a Montana Montana special election nobody is following could deal a huge blow to Trump. Big Sky Country Democrats are running a legendary folk singer. That's Rob Quist, uh, with a populist flair against a cartoon plutocrat. Why won't the National Party pay? attention why is the national party not paying attention to this howie klein if they well, actually could uh, democrats could actually take the seat i don't get it
0: well you know what i let me be honest with you here i i think they are paying attention and they're trying to keep it on the on the down low they they don't they want it to seem like they're not involved with it and they're not they, they don't i don't I, I i'm not sure if they are but they're not totally stupid and they know this is not Kansas 4. They know that the Democrats have a chance in this race. Right now, the Democratic Party is concentrating on Georgia 6. If they win in Georgia 6, or whatever happens in Georgia 6, they are going to... Maybe in the sub rows away, they're going to be p- pushing a little bit on... As much as they can without doing it publicly, they'll be pushing on Montana, too. They, they know that there's a shot there. Well, it, The party it, is not popular it, in, uh, in, in Montana.
1: Well, it, it, they're... And, Yeah, They're popular enough that I know the Republican uh, uh, Party, uh, the Republicans in the state house, uh, had actually wanted to move this to save money. They wanted to make this an all vote by mail election, send ballots to all registered voters. The Republican Party chair freaked out and said, no, don't do it.
0: It means Democrats will win.
1: All right. We'll see. I'm dubious. I'm always dubious. However, uh, Howie Klein, uh, so much to cover here. Didn't get to everything, but let's try to do it again in the very near future. The great Howie Klein, I should say, from downwithtyranny.com. You can find him. Uh, it is .com, right? It is .com. .com, right? And, uh, and on the Twitters at just down with Tyranny, as I recall? That's right. Very good. Uh, check out Howie's work if you want to keep up with all of these uh, elections. And what progressives give a damn about, never mind those Democrats, uh, it's progressives uh, that Howie is always fighting for. Howie, great to talk to, my friend. You glad, too, Brad. Glad to hear you, and uh, hope we'll do it again in the near future. Me too. Thank you, brother. Okay. uh, before we get out here today, uh, last few minutes here, as I've been uh, speaking with Howie Klein, my iPhone has apparently been going uh, crazy. It looks (laughs) like uh, Alabama Governor Robert Bentley has now been booked on campaign finance charge. That's Republican Governor Robert Bentley. Uh, He was booked into the Montgomery County Jail on Monday, according to CNN, on charges related to the impeachment proceedings that are now moving forward against him. He was charged with, uh, CNN says, one count of failure to disclose information on a statement of economic interest, a misdemeanor, according to Alabama.com. The second charge is for failure to file campaign finance reports, which is also a misdemeanor. And uh, along with that and these other stories that I have yet yet to be able to read, NBC News is reporting that Alabama Governor Robert Bentley resigns to avoid impeachment and pleads guilty to campaign violations. Wow, and that was after that sordid affair that Rachel Maddow has been covering quite a bit, too. This is really, it's wow. And this is all part of that. Uh, apparently with his uh, mistress, he didn't report he was paying her money, as I understand it, or that uh, or that the money that he was paying for her, he didn't report that she was a mistress. Right. Uh, so I'm sure we'll learn more about all of this oh, yeah. in the days ahead. Um, and just as one Alabama governor gets out of jail, uh, that would be Don Siegelman, who has been, finally been released from jail. Another one could be headed towards jail, uh, and and this one may have actually committed a crime, or at least uh, says he pleads guilty to, uh, to a crime. Also, this just in, because it's not a busy enough day, I'm uh, certain we'll have more on this in the future, AP is reporting that uh, a U.S. District judge in Texas once again finds that Texas's strict voter ID law was intentionally crafted to discriminate against minorities. That's a big deal. That is a big deal. It had been sent back down to the U.S. District Court by the uh, most conservative appellate court in the land to make super, super sure and uh, if, in fact, they intentionally discriminated against minorities, as the uh, judge has now decided for a second time, that means that Texas could be forced under the Voting Rights Act back into the uh, preclearance regime that would require the federal government to approve any and all voting related laws from uh, for an indefinite period from here on forward, uh, down in the state of Texas. But we'll have more on that tomorrow. Oh, will we? <laughs> I hope. <laughs> I hope so, too. Uh, thanks to our producer, Desi Doyen. I didn't get to say hello to That's you all okay. day, so hello Busy and day. goodbye, Desi Doyen. Bye. Also, my thanks to our uh, guest today, Howie Klein of DownWithTyranny.com. If you missed any portion of today's program, you can download it as ever for free at BradBlog.com. Drop me email if you like. I'm BradCast at BradBlog.com. On the Facebooks and the twitters i am simply the brad blog and as ever my thanks to those of you who stop by bradblogcom slash donate to help us continue to do what we try to do over your public airwaves five days a week all right until we meet again i'm brad friedman good luck world